Welcome to the Property Management Show. Today, Brittany and I are interviewing Donata and Hans from Termageddon. Now, Termageddon provides privacy policies for websites which keep up with the ever-changing laws of the land. Automatically. Today's episode is about debunking common privacy myths that exist for small to medium businesses. So make sure you keep listening. Hello. Hello to both of you. Um, I know, Hans and Donata. Am I saying that right? You are. Yep. Am I saying it right? Okay, so we'll start. Um, hello, Hans. Hello to Donata. Thank you. I'm going to start. See, this is, this is why you <laughs> I also struggle. Okay. What's so funny is you guys actually, I love the banter back and forth. I think stuff like this should go live. Yeah. Like, all the small talk that we've had and everything, I think this is the best part. But, <laughs> but yeah, of course, we got to do the data privacy stuff. No, yeah, I know. Well, that, that's funny. We try to leave some of that in because good Marie, because you don't want to look like we're robots. Yeah, <laughs> we are robots. <laughs> I was, I kind of am a robot. Okay, so Hans, Donata, privacy policy experts, um, can you guys give us just like a quick tidbit um, who you are? Um, why we should trust you when talking about privacy <laughs> policies on on the website? Um, yeah, if you could just start off by that, and then we'll we'll quiz you guys and start asking you a bunch of questions. Sure. Do you want to start? Yeah, you start. You're the brains. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm Donata. I'm the president of Termageddon. I'm a licensed attorney in Illinois. I practice privacy law uh, and contracts law, and I'm a certified information privacy professional um, from the International Association of Privacy Professionals. And um, yeah, I'm the one who wrote all of the policy questions, policy text uh, for Termageddon's policies, and I also keep us up to date with the law. Um, so I keep track of all of the different states that have proposed um, different privacy bills, all of the states that have passed them, and, and what's going on on a federal level. And international. And international, yeah, yeah it's a lot. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Hans. I am the vice president and co-founder of Termageddon. Um, I do not have the credentials that Donata has. I'm just like a lowly sales and marketing guy, so I'm pretty decent at like translating some complex stuff into like layman's terms. Uh, so hopefully that's the value I'm adding today. That's the value I add too. There you go. Nice. Okay. That's why we're both wearing blue we have, right now. We have our, our smart people and yep. the language. Not that you're smart. Okay, I'm taking it too far. <laughs> we're all smart here. Um, thank you. Thank you for the intro. Of course. <laughs> no problem. So I think you, you have a good question to get us started. Yeah. So um, a question that might be burning in our listeners' minds would be, you know, why should I care? Why would property managers care about privacy laws? You know, companies like, you know, Google, Apple, Facebook, there's no question why they need to be concerned about privacy because of the sheer size of their client base. You know, they have a lot of information about people and some, you know, people say they do creepy stuff with it, but they definitely have information about me. Like, for sure. <laughs> property managers are nowhere near that size and level of um, you know information they have accumulated so why would property managers even be at risk of being sued because of privacy or why would they even care about it it's like yeah absolutely um, you know it's a very confusing topic right now a lot of people have a lot of questions 
um, including the people who actually make these laws. So, you know, you, you have to make sure that you, you have a you know, good understanding of, of what's going on. I think that it's easy to say, oh, Apple, Google, Facebook, that doesn't apply to me. But, you know, there, there are some laws, there are some privacy laws right now that do have a revenue cap. So if you're making $25 million a year or above, or if you collect the personal information of like thousands of people and tens of thousands of people, that's when those laws apply to you. Um, so if you're a small business, they, you know, most likely won't apply to you. But the mass majority of the privacy bills that are proposed, of the privacy laws that are passed, don't have any revenue caps, don't even talk about how many people's information you collect or anything like that. Um, so those laws would apply to small businesses. Um, so it's something that would apply to property managers as well. Um, and in terms of the information collected by property managers, you know, when property managers would know where a tenant lives. Um, they would know what maintenance requests they have. They would know who lives in that house, um, you know, who's recently moved in, who's moved out, do they have pets, do they not have pets? Things like that, which are actually very sensitive information. So, you know, at least for me, I don't want the world to know where I live. Um, and I think that's most people. Um, so that's why, you know, property managers really do need to take privacy seriously is because they do have information that's sensitive. Um, and also, you know, property managers are in the service-based industry um, and, you know, complaints about privacy from consumers is how a lot of these investigations start. So just because millions of people are not complaining about you does not mean that there is no risk. Um, and in terms of, you know, a more general statement of why property managers should care about privacy is because people care about privacy, right? I care about privacy. You guys care about privacy. There are, you know, very small amount of consumers right now who are like, yeah, take my data. I don't care. Give it to anybody you want, you know, send me all the junk mail, you know, so, so consumers care and people care. And that's why, you know, I think property managers should care as well. I'll add a couple of thoughts as well. Um, I think it's very easy for people to think about the past about, oh, well, this stuff has never really been that important. I don't see why it's going to become important. And that's the mistake that I, I see a lot of businesses making right now. They don't think it's important because all they're thinking about is their past experience with data privacy. No, like in, we're, we're talking, we're not talking about the past. We're not talking about the present. We're talking about the future. There are new privacy laws that are coming out into effect that are going to enable consumers to file complaints or even potentially sue businesses for taking their, uh, for taking their personally identifiable information without properly disclosing a privacy policy, for example. Um, and by personally identifiable information, I'm gonna wipe that one away real quick. That is just fancy word talk for, you know, when you collect like a name and email address and a phone number on a contact form, for example. Those three examples, name, email, phone number, those are three examples of personally identifiable information. And the list obviously goes on further, but that's the stuff that all these laws are out to protect people. Uh, from having businesses take without proper disclosure. Um, and that's why I think uh, property managers need to look into this, especially property managers, because you know, outside of the fact that they have the tenants and all the uh, uh, details that Donata just disclosed, they also are probably getting inquiries, people moving across state lines and inquiring about moving into their uh, location. Well, the problem with that is that these property managers are getting traffic from other states. Each of these states may or may not have their own set of privacy laws, 
And if they do have a set of privacy laws, they're all different from one another. So um, the other factor is in addition to uh, needing to disclose how and, you, and how and why you use your data, you also need a strategy around how am I gonna stay up to date with all these privacy laws that are in all these different states because I want my website to be viewed by people in all these states. Yeah, I think Facebook really ruined it for the rest of us. <laughs> you know, Thanks, everything, yeah, everything was fine and nobody really, you know, was all right. And then, you know, Facebook came in and it's just like, oh man, now we have all these laws, but yeah. yeah, that's just what it is. Well, and I think that that's like an interesting point too, because there is all of this stuff happened over the last couple of years that really freaks people out. Mm -hmm. And I... But nobody really understands it. Nobody understands what it means. Like, what, what does it mean to have a privacy policy on my website? What, is, what does it mean to be collecting information? And we get questions like that on the front end of our sales process even, where if a property management company gives us certain access to their software, it's like, oh, I don't know if we can do that because I don't disclose that on my website or I don't, don't mention that when... Um, I'm talking to people. I need to make sure that the information's safe. So it's like if you're doing that aspect of it, it's great, but that's behind. That's like behind closed doors. You need to have a policy on your website to share with the world. My question about that is, you mentioned all of the um, like crossing state lines and how there are different policies in each state. How do you cover that in one privacy policy or is it just one like super duper long one that that says everything from every state a tab for every yeah state. a tab for every state like what does that look like yeah so you're actually kind of joking about this but there are some websites that will have a separate privacy policy for california residents that will say, as a California resident, you have these rights. And then everybody else gets a privacy <laughs> policy. They're like, we do what we want. And you can't do anything about really? it. Yeah, yeah. So to combine all of the different privacy laws into one privacy policy, as somebody who writes them all the time, it's hard. Um, it is. Because there's so many different disclosures that you need to make. Um, and different consumers from different states get different rights. Um, there are a lot of companies right now that are integrating all of the rights that normally, for example, Nevada consumers would get um, into all, uh, all of the states. So instead of saying, Nevada consumers, we won't sell your personal information, they say, all consumers, we won't sell your personal information. Um, and there's a lot of debate right now as to the length of these policies and what they should contain and how do you word everything and how do you make sure you comply with the laws plus comply with the cases plus, you know, have, have all the other legal disclosures in there. And that's a hard question. Um, I really think that's something that having a privacy policy that makes sense and that has all the required disclosures can take a very long time to put together. Um, and you know, it's, it's hard. That's all I can say. Um, you know, there are ways to do it. Um, but it's, it's something that takes a lot of time and a lot of training, at least from, from my perspective. Regarding the first question, you know, uh, when, when do I need to put in a privacy policy? It is, I, my best rule of thumb suggestion for this is whenever your website has a contact form, because that means it's asking at least for a name and an email and or phone number. Well, name, email, phone number, all three are what's called personally identifiable information. Yeah, 
I know I talked about it, but I just want to reiterate, like that's when the light bulb should go off. Ah, I need a privacy policy because I'm collecting PII. I need to disclose what I'm doing with that PII. Yeah. And that's what can make it simple. Now, and that's the most all, important thing probably. Yes. The, the thing that's interesting that I was going to ask is since there are all of these laws, it kind of sounds like the best way to protect yourself is just to go go with kind of the strictest laws and protect yourself that way. Is that a good rule of thumb to go by? Or is that even difficult because they are so different? Yeah, so kind of yes and no to that question. Um, so in terms of the strictest, um, strictest laws, in terms of things that you can't do with personal information, that's a good idea to follow the strictest law. However, each law requires slightly different disclosures. So, for example, there's a California law that requires to, you to disclose whether or not your website responds to do not track signals. But then there's a Nevada law that says you have to disclose whether you sell the personal information of consumers. So kind of which one is the stricter one, you're not sure. So you kind of have to read through all of them and see what disclosures they require and then match up into a full list of all of the disclosures that you need to make. Um, at least that's what I've done in the past, because if you miss one type of disclosure in one law, then you're automatically not complying with that. This is stressful. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually have a follow-up question. So maybe it's a stupid question. No, it's not. But what if I'm a property manager, I have you know contact forms on my website, but I don't really sell the information anywhere. Do I still need to disclose that I don't sell this stuff? Yes, um, because you have to disclose whether or not you sell it. Um, so it's a similar thing with do not track, right? So you don't have to disclose how you respond to do not track. You just have to, I'm sorry, you don't have to respond to do not track in a particular way. You just have to disclose how you respond to it. So a lot of people think, okay, I'm not sharing this information with anybody. I'm not selling it to anybody. That means I'm fine. I don't need any of this. No, that's actually not the case. You do still need to make those disclosures. Right. For example, someone, like if there's a property management company with a free rental analysis form on their website, they can't just be like, oh, all I'm doing is giving them a free rental analysis like I promised in my form. I'm covered. I don't need to do anything. It's like, no, they're not. So if you're providing free resources, free products, free services, that doesn't mean that you're in the clear, that those laws don't apply to you. No, they actually have a very specific provision saying just because it's free doesn't mean that you get to take people's information and do whatever you want with it. Well, and I guess too, if, you, if you're not disclosing, who's to say, like if I'm a person going to a website, filling out a form and you don't have a privacy policy, disclosing whatever you're doing with that information, whether you're doing something with it or not, and somehow my information gets out there, am I able to go after that company because they didn't tell me if they were or if they weren't doing stuff with my information? It depends what, it depends what location you're in. Yeah, so it really depends on what laws apply to you and your state and where you're located. Um, you know, there's a couple different ways that that could work. Um, so there are a lot of privacy bills right now that have been proposed uh, that allow a person to sue a company directly um, if they have violated their privacy rights. 
Um, now, none of those laws have passed, none of those bills have passed yet, but if they do, then you would have the ability to go personally um, to this company and sue them. Um, as it stands right now, you would have to complain to your state's attorney general um, and say, you need to look into this case. These people violated my privacy. And then the attorney general makes a decision whether or not they want to pursue that case. Um, or you can also make a complaint to the Federal Trade Commission. Um, and the Federal Trade Commission generally oversees, um, you know, privacy violations across state lines. And, you know, if the Federal Trade Commission is interested, they'll pursue a case against that company as well. That's serious stuff. Huh? That's very serious. You know, stuff. it's very serious. Thankfully, we have a privacy policy. Commission, I'll tell you that. And I, I like to think of it like this. You know, five years ago, are you familiar with what an SSL certificate is for a website? Yes. All right, getting that nice little HTTP. That's something we know. Right, good. Security is really important. Prior to like three, four years ago, no one cared. No one cared. SSL, no SSL. Yeah, be nice, but I don't know if I want it. And now people are like, they feel weird when they're on a website that says not secure. I mean, it's like stressful. Well, yeah, because Google will tell you now. It yeah. will be a warning message. It will say, exactly. and I don't think it does it all the time, but I have seen it where I've gone to people's websites and it's like, do you want to continue? Or Yeah, are you sure you want to move forward with this very scary site? No, yeah. no, I don't, I don't want to move forward. I don't yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's what I am that's what I believe we're going to see in five years from now. Right now, we're in the present, not, you know, we're talking about what's going to happen in the future. So right now, it's like, oh, man, I can't believe I have to have a privacy policy on my website. Oh, this is so stressful. Well, five years from now, we're going to look back at this time and be like, can you believe these companies could just do what they wanted with the information they would collect? And that's what's going to happen. I mean, all the, law, all the, all the laws are trending in that direction. All the dialogue is trending on valuing the privacy of human beings. So. Um, so I, I was curious about, you know, any myths that exist around ooh. privacy, you know, that you've so heard yeah. of while talking to small to medium sized companies, not, not just property management companies, but just companies in general. That's a good one. Yeah, we, we see so many of them. I mean, you know, my website's secure, so I'm fine. You know, I, my customers don't care. I'm too small. Nobody's going to enforce these laws. Um, you know, it, it's uh, nobody reads privacy policies. No consumers care. Um, you know, things like that. We, we hear that all of the time. Oh, another one is um, I'll just copy and paste a template. Or oh, yeah, I'll, I'll just copy one. and paste one from my competitor. And that's a very frightening one because that's just like, you you're know. taking information, you're copying something, you have no idea what was included or not included to generate that policy. So, and, and obviously you're not an attorney, like, so, you know, um, that's a dangerous one. Whenever I hear that someone's like, oh, I'm just gonna copy and paste a template, I'm like, ah. Like, Which is so, so funny. Out there. Like, well, it's like if you copy and paste a temp, well, if you copy and paste something from your competitor, who's to say your competitor didn't copy and paste it from somebody else? Like you don't know where it came from, but it's so funny because even prior to us talking to you guys, I was trying to do, and I know we've talked a little bit before and you gave us a bunch of information, but I was trying to do a little bit of additional research to get a better, better understanding of just privacy policies in general. And all of the, like the first page of searches are literally templates that you can mm -hmm. copy and paste. And it like, 
makes it seem like it's so easy and the information is out there. It's like, it's not an email. It's not an email template. It's, it's a legal, it's like a legal document. It is a legal document. Correct? Yeah. And what stresses me out with those templates is that, you know, when they promote, Oh, we're going to give you this free template for a privacy policy. <laughs> it seems like the most hypocritical thing I've ever heard because they're like, fill out this free privacy policy. Okay, turns out everyone, nothing in life is free. I'm removing the curtain today in this, in this webinar. Nothing in life is for free. Someone is getting something somewhere. And when someone says free, like alarm bells should go off in your head when you're getting a free like uh, privacy policy document. So, um, so yeah, you know, in life, you know, things that are free, you know, probably if it sounds too good to be true chances are probably is like and that's the type of stuff you need to consider when thinking what's the right solution to protect your business i mean i was doing some research and obviously this is fun for absolutely no one except for myself but i'm like i want to fill these out i'm going to see what this is like you know because i just you know sometimes you just got a couple yeah minutes. see what happens yeah. what you do on a friday night and, you know uh, no friday, 2 a.m my case law but um so you know i went to fill out these forms and they're like do you want to be protected on mobile i'm like yeah you know my website works on mobile i'm on that they're like 15 bucks i'm like what <laughs> and then you know they ask you do you want limited liability i'm like yeah i want to limit my liability extra 20 bucks <laughs> you know so it's like it just ends up not being free. I mean, towards the end, I obviously never paid any of these people, but towards the very end, I ended up racking a bill for like 120 bucks, you know, and like you said, this was free. Yeah. And that's so confusing and, and kind of deceptive to people too, yeah. because like, let's say I'm just a regular person and I don't know what limit your liability means or like mobile or whatever. And I say no to these questions because I want it for free. And then it turns out I get like kind of trash work. Yeah. Um, and that's very unfortunate. And then, you know, a lot of times with copying and pasting other people's templates, you know, number one, it's copyright infringement. If you're copying and pasting something from somebody else's website, um, you really don't want to infringe on anybody's copyright when doing that. Number two, you don't know who wrote theirs, um, you know, and, and that should be concerning. Maybe it's their, you know, teenage son who wrote it. You don't know. <laughs> Um, and then Googled privacy policy and got a template. Mm -hmm. And then you're kind of then, then it's kind of on you to keep track of all the new privacy laws of all this new case law, all these, all this information. And it's like, I have the time to do that. But I don't know if, and, but that's my full-time job. Yeah, and you understand so, what it means. It's like, yeah. it's like right. it, it takes you a lot of time to decipher it, and you're educated on this stuff. If it was just a normal person, like if, I, I, if me and Marie did it, it would be like, what? What does this mean? We have to call yeah. them. <laughs> like, what does <laughs> even apply to me? Does this, you know, what disclosures do I need to make? What, what other pages I need to build on my website? Things like that. And, it can get very confusing and, and very time consuming pretty quickly. So I would be always cautious about using templates or free privacy policies or anything like that, especially since a lot of times they say, if it's free, then you know, you're, you're the product, right? Yeah. That's good. You're bartering with your information. Essentially. Yeah. Exactly. And do you really want to do that with a privacy policy? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, really meta. It is way too meta for me. Something I've seen recently, I was so frustrated. Like, I don't know, it was like three days ago. I was doing, 
I, I was doing some research trying to find a new software for us to use or just playing around with things. And I went to one website and there's like a tab that says pricing. So I went there and it's like, give me all your information and then we'll show you the pricing. And I'm like, no, hard pass on that. Um, but it's like, they want the information so they can give you emails and sell you stuff and do this, which is normal. But that, that was just a funny example of like thing situations where oh. nothing's free. <laughs> yeah. So pricing for free. Right. So I'm not going to discredit someone on, you know, holding a pricing because maybe that'll, maybe they won't fully understand it by the time they get to the pricing page. But I think you hit on something interesting, which is, you know, privacy by design, um, which is a topic Donatus discussed a lot, uh, which is like, you know, how do, how and when you disclose things uh, to an end user and, you know, um, are you giving a user a good or bad experience on their website while doing it? And those are things that have to be weighed out. I would hope that software company, whichever one you went to, thought long and hard about, you know, all right, are we going to hold, you know, put up a wall right. and prevent anyone from getting through without them giving us all their information first. Boy, I hope they thought I'm that one sure out. I'm sure they didn't. Well, they might be expensive. I'm guessing uh, that's what they, to well, me, whenever well, they the thing that, that means they're expensive. Right. Well, and like, the thing is I get, cause we, we have a lot of clients we work with too, when it comes to pricing, they want to get somebody on the phone to discuss pricing before. It's complicated. Yeah. Cause somebody, someone might charge, you know, 15%, but everything comes with that and they do X, Y, and Z, but somebody that doesn't understand the property management industry wouldn't know that. But it's like, why have a pricing tab on your website if exactly. you're not going to why have it at all? contact yeah. us for pricing? That's a fair point. Yeah. yeah. That's a fair I guess that's not point. really privacy policy related. I was just like, <laughs> oh, we're talking about forms and this was annoying. <laughs> um, well, anyone just tries to venture away from the data privacy conversation at all, whenever given the chance. Yeah. Like, all right, let's talk about it. Look at that bird, you know? <laughs> Well, to bring us back to privacy policies, um, you hit on something really interesting because, you know, it seems like with the power of the internet, I could really research anything and understand anything Magical if given the time. But, you know, you mentioned something about, well, there are a lot of laws in different states, but what if I have a lawyer on staff or I have a buddy who's a lawyer? Like, can I just have my buddy write up a privacy, privacy poly, policy for me? That's going to be better than a template, right? Yeah, I think if you're a friend or anybody that you have in-house specializes in privacy law, you should definitely have them write your policies. I, I always say that that's the best choice, especially if they're willing to give you a discount, <laughs> uh, right? I think for a lot of us lawyers, we focus on one or two areas in, in our practices, right? So you usually don't have a divorce attorney who also practices in contracts. And if they do, they're probably not that good at both of those things. <laughs> um, so usually as attorneys, we focus on, you know, one or two areas in our practices. And, you know, then the rest kind of, we just hire our own lawyers for that kind of stuff. So like I have a lawyer who dealt with like an estate issue. Um, I'm a lawyer myself, but I don't know anything about that kind of stuff. So I had to hire somebody else to do it. Um, and especially in terms of like data privacy and, and things like that, it's something that's a very complex field. Um, so I've actually written privacy policies for lawyers who practice contract law, for lawyers who practice intellectual property law and things like that. And we've gotten a lot of feedback from them saying, yeah, it's great because I don't focus on this area of law. I don't know anything about it. Um, you know, so it's good to, you know, hire somebody who does know about that area, just like the same as, as myself. 
you know, if I had an issue with, you know, my land taxes or whatever, I would hire somebody to do that. So don't have an eviction attorney create a <laughs> privacy policy. No. Probably not the <laughs> best. Most, most of our most of the property managers in the industry, if Work they have with, if they have yeah. legal counsel, is it called legal counsel? I don't know. Maybe yeah. that's just in court. Um, if they have legal counsel in house, <laughs> um, it's probably, probably an eviction attorney. Um, okay. So I think it never hurts to, to talk to your attorney about it. You know, you can ask them, hey, like, what do you know about data privacy? Are you comfortable with this area of law? I can say nine times out of 10, if they're doing evictions, they're, they're not going to be. But I mean, there's no, nothing's going to hurt by asking yeah. unless they bill you by the hour. But, <laughs> you know, you can always ask. Well, and I think, I think that will resonate with our audience too, because we work with a lot of property managers that film like educational videos that talk about evictions or, you know, screening or like, um, fair housing laws and things like that. And they're like, don't, don't ask your eviction lawyer about fair housing laws or don't do this. So I think that makes a lot of sense. And most people that are listening probably, mm -hmm. probably get what you're saying. So that's good. And it's the same thing with lawyers too. Like if I'm, if I focus my practice on a certain area, I probably don't focus on the other areas of law. Um, so, I mean, it, it's something that even a lot of lawyers can be confused about as well. Um, you know, and if anybody has any questions or want to talk to me about privacy, I'm always open for that. Nobody ever takes me up on that <laughs> offer, but you know, it'd be fun. Yeah. Are there other myths that um, you want to share with our audience? Um, or we're going to just give them additional information about things to look out for? Sure. Um, so what we hear a lot from people is, you know, my state doesn't require privacy oh, yeah, policy, yeah, that so that means one. I don't need one. That's a really um, good one. So we're located here in Illinois, right? Um, so Illinois currently does not have a law that requires you to have a privacy policy. And you think that, you know, that'd be it. We're good. We're golden. No problems here. But a lot of these privacy laws, as Han said previously, want to protect the consumers of that state um, and not the businesses. Um, so it really depends on where the consumer goes when they go online. Um, so for property managers, it is possible that from someone from Nevada wants to move to your state um, and you know, submits their information on your website or you know, somebody who has a property in your state but actually lives in Nevada. You know, they, they want to submit your information to their information to have you manage their property. Um, you know, you still might need to be compliant with those laws. And for the record, there's about a dozen states in total. I know we've referenced Nevada, but that's just because it's Nevada. It's not just Nevada. Nevada. Yeah, Nevada yeah. Just, just happens to be the next one up in line uh, to, get, to launch their amendment to the privacy law. Right. So. Um, and then another one that we see a lot is, you know, my website is secure, so I don't need a privacy policy. Um, security of websites and privacy of information are actually two completely different concepts. Um, you know, you see a lot of people getting into trouble with privacy laws because, you know, they were breached or, or something like that. But just because your website is secure and, and built well and beautiful and all of that does not mean that you don't need a privacy policy. Two separate concepts. Um, and then I think there was another one. Um, that I did want to talk about, but now let me think. Okay, yeah, my business is too small for anyone to care about privacy. Um, I think there's kind of two different ends there. You know, 
point number one, a lot of the privacy laws don't focus on just large businesses. Point number two is consumers care. And they don't care how small your business is. They don't care that you're a mom and pop shop. They care about their privacy and, and people care about their privacy. And I think that you know, just because all these big firms are getting sued doesn't mean that smaller companies won't get fined. They just don't make the headlines. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, um, you know, I think having a small business, a lot of that is the trust that you build with people. Um, I think for large businesses, trust might not necessarily matter that much, um, but for small businesses, it's really crucial. And, you know, if you choose to say, oh, nobody cares about privacy and I'll just do whatever I want with your information, you're going to lose that trust. Um, and, you know, I've heard people say, oh, well, people in Alabama don't care about privacy. That's not true. Like, whoever came up with that? I mean, <laughs> Well, and I think I think the trend is that people are caring more and more. I definitely think there are people um, that still are like oh, I don't read that stuff, and and you know, hey, everyone can be guilty. Everyone is guilty. Otherwise, we'd all be sitting yeah. and reading terms and conditions on new iPhone updates or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. So everyone is absolutely guilty, but that does not mean that people are becoming more conscious of the fact that wait, you know, maybe I am going to think think twice before I do it. Um, the other thing to note is that um, you know having a privacy policy does raise credibility. It doesn't ruin credibility. It raises credibility with you and a prospect. Um, not to mention, in addition to that consumers like it, Google likes it as well. Privacy policies are known to be a, a, a ranking factor because it's a part of the trust part of what Google looks for when ranking websites. So um, there's, there's many good reasons to, to get it set up uh, and a couple bad reasons to not do it. Yeah. I like, I like what you said about the credibility piece of it too, or the establishing trust piece of it, because we talk to a lot of property managers um, where one of their biggest value adds or one of their um, advantage, yeah. differentiations that they want to advertise is their transparency with their pricing, their transparency with the services they offer. They're like, we, we are completely open, upfront, honest about everything here. Here's what we do. But if you don't, if you don't have a privacy policy, it's, you're not, you're not doing that. So exactly. if you really want to keep, stay consistent, that's a really exactly. good way to do it's, that. It, it's people liking the idea that they're transparent without actually living it. Yeah. You know, if you're really living it, you're going to be pursuing things like this. Yeah. That is yeah. probably one of the most important things to be yeah. transparent about. Definitely. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so one question I wanted to ask was to maybe help us understand some um, some terms that may be thrown around around privacy that maybe not everyone, I don't even know how to differentiate them. So, yeah. you know, privacy policy, we've said that millions of times throughout this conversation, but also we see words like terms of service or like, you know, a disclaimer. Like, can you give us a bit more context as to what each, what each of these terms mean? Um, and do you need all of them, you know, as a property manager? Yeah. Do you want me to take that one? Your call. Okay. I think I can handle it, but you got this. You got this and I'll, I'll jump in okay. if I feel um, so blind. <laughs> so just generally speaking, privacy policy is a statement um, that talks about what data website collects, what is done with that data, and who that data is shared with. There's a couple other disclosures that go in there, but those are kind of the three main points that 
you know, everybody wants to know when going on a website, right? What do you collect? What you do with it? Who you share it with? Um, terms of service, a lot of people also call this terms and conditions. So the, those are interchangeable terms. Um, but basically, it talks about the rules of using a website and limits the website owner's liability. Um, so it can answer some like commonly asked user questions like, what about refunds? What about cancellations? Um, you know, it also includes protection for, let's say you include a Facebook link on your website. You know, you don't want to be liable for the data sharing practices of Facebook. So that's why you have a terms of service. Um, and it also just generally helps limit your liability in case something goes wrong. So, you know, if your website's ever hacked, um, you know, if, if somebody loses their information by using their web, your website, gets a virus, gets injured, things like that. Um, that's really what a terms of service is needed for. Um, I would say that a privacy policy and a terms of service is needed for almost every single website. Um, so if you collect personal information and you have a website, I'd have a privacy policy and terms of service. A disclaimer kind of limits the scope of rights and obligations of the website owner and the website user. So a disclaimer wouldn't necessarily be needed for uh, property managers because it talks about like, let's say you provide advice that could be seen as legal advice. If you show advertisements, if you participate in affiliate marketing, if you provide fitness or health tips and advice, that's when a disclaimer really comes in. So I'd say for pro most property managers, you know, privacy policy in the terms of service um, would really be the ones that I would be looking out for. Um, but you know, kind of, it always depends on exactly what you do with your website. Each website is different. You might need a disclaimer as well. So what if you, what if you have an educational blog page on your website and one of the blog posts you have talks about evictions? In that instance, do you think you would need a disclaimer? Even if you're not giving legal advice and you're saying, talk to an attorney, but here are the steps to take. Would you need to put some type of disclaimer in there? Yeah, you would. Um, so you know, providing legal advice is not whether or not you actually provide legal advice, it's whether the reader thinks that you might be providing legal advice. So if there's anything on your website, like a device, tips, tricks, you know, evictions, you know, foreclosures. Could be construed yeah. as legal advice. Yeah, you know, people could say, oh man, they're giving me legal advice. It's better to just have a disclaimer that says, this is not legal advice. <laughs> Is this the time, is this the moment now in the conversation where we have our own disclaimer saying none of this is legal advice? Yeah, right. <laughs> none of this is legal advice. Talk to a professional yeah. lawyer who practices privacy law. This is not for the faint of heart. Um, so I had another question, unless you... No, 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 you're good. Um, I was curious, is there some sort of like privacy playbook that you know, people could download, um, check out, just so they can learn more about this topic as a whole? Unfortunately, there really isn't anything that's offered by the government that can be the one place where you find all of the information that you need. Um, and I think that's part of what makes this space so confusing and difficult to navigate is because at least the U.S. government is not providing you know, really good guidelines or advice for people to follow. But there are a couple of websites that, you know, people might want to look at um, that, you know, might be able to help you kind of 
hopefully put some semblance of a full picture together. Um, so the first one would be the Federal Trade Commission's website. Um, if you are collecting the Europe, uh, information from European Union residents, you should check out the Information Commissioner's Office website, um, which is the United Kingdom Data Protection Authority. Um, and they have some good, um, good information there for people from overseas. Um, I personally use the International Association of Privacy Professionals website all the time. And that's, I believe, IPP.org. Um, and they have a lot of good resources there. Um, I actually had a few compliance guides published there. Um, I did a Nevada law uh, compliance guide there that Nevada. ended up on their resource center. I also did another one for Maine, uh, yeah. which applies to like internet service providers. So that doesn't matter for most people, but it was on there. Um, and then also the California Attorney General's Office, and that's oag.ca.gov slash privacy slash CCPA. Um, and I think if you really dug down into all these websites, um, hopefully you could form a good picture of what's going on. Um, but again, there's really, as far as I know, um, there's really no set guide from the government that tells you exactly what you need to do. So you kind of have to compile the picture from a few different places, unfortunately. Yeah, that's, that's unfortunate, right? Because it's already confusing and you have to kind of play this game of following the breadcrumbs right. just to get an, a good idea of what is out there. Yeah, and it's like even though I'm not going to go and create my own privacy policy, whenever I hire somebody to do something for me or whenever I'm working on a project, even if somebody else is helping me with it, I like to know. Be aware. Uh, yeah, be aware, have a general idea so you know that whoever you hire or whoever you're working with actually knows what they're doing too. And it's not like, I mean, it's not like you would go to Fiverr and buy a privacy policy, <laughs> but, but yeah. But it's not free. It's $5. It's $5. Um, I'm sure there's people out there selling it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, be, it's, it's good to be educated and at least be aware on a high level mm -hmm. so that when you do have somebody help you, you can kind of say, oh, okay, this, this is what I needed. Or they Thank sound you. like they know what they're talking about right. at the very least. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so is there such a thing as a shelf life for a privacy policy or a terms and conditions? Does it ever go stale? Well, um, a shelf life is interesting way of wording it. Uh, technically, no, uh, until the laws change. So it's only when the laws change, uh, whether they be updated or, or new ones are added, that a business would have to stay involved. So it's kind of like yes and no, but I, I would say the best way to answer is there, there is a shelf life in the sense that because of external forces, because privacy laws get added or changed, that's be, that justifies why you need to update your policies and, and stay on top of when these laws change. And there's two new laws going into effect over the next six months. Um, and then after that, it seems like there's about 10 bills that have been proposed. Um, and they're all kind of, they're, most of them are in a committee right now. Um, a few, there were over a dozen and then a few of them were kind of put on the back burner. But there's 10 that are active right now. Um, there's about five federal ones, um, and I know that the federal lawmakers are working through recess right now um, to try to come to some type of an agreement um, over a privacy law. In terms of like how often do they expire um, or how often do they become non-compliant, depends on how often the laws change. 
in the next six months that will happen um, twice. It, twice. So would you say like in the next, you know, five or 10 years, will the laws be changing or could you think that they would change every six months, once a year, or could it even become more common as, as more people are interested yeah. in, you know, protecting their data? Well, it kind of depends on if we're going to go federal or state, um, right? If we continue going with the state model, I mean, how many states are there now? 52? Or is that a deck of cards? I think it's 50. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it could be 50 times, um, right? Depending on where you're located and where you do business. Um, if it's federal, um, that will probably be once. And then depending on who gets uh, rulemaking authority, so if the Federal Trade Commission gets it, they'll make new rules, which means that your disclosures will need to change. And then there will be enforcement. There will be cases interpreting those rules, which means everything will change every single time. Um, so it can be a lot. Um, or, you know, I don't know. Maybe it'll just, the world will stop turning. I don't know. Maybe it, they will become off, obsolete. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the internet was a fad, so. <laughs> <laughs> People are doing the minimalist thing now. So yeah, just going off the grid, everybody's deleting Instagram. And then so. after a few years, it can be the reverse. Yeah. Like, too minimalist, let's go the opposite direction. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually have, again, maybe a stupid question, but okay. So hear me out. What if someone could write a privacy policy that could like just cover all the bases? Like, is there such a thing as like, can, can you like just preempt everything that they could possibly oh, want see. you to put in a privacy policy and just put it and then never have to worry about it? That's why I said it might be a stupid question, but I just wanted to, has, has anyone tried? Have you <laughs> tried? <laughs> well, the, the problem with that outlook, although I like it in the sense that it's beautifully simple, um, the problem with it is that we don't know what people, what laws will get implemented and how they'll be laid out. So it makes sense from the fundamental concept of like, what data do you take? What do you do with it? And with whom you share with? But are there little intricacies about these laws which won't allow you to have some sort of blanket, gotta, gotcha all, got all statement type thing, uh, which is the unfortunate thing to it, um, yeah. really. I mean, I think I can give a good example, right? So <clears throat> to exercise my rights as a consumer, I have to contact the company and tell them, I don't want you to sell my data anymore, right? So if you were trying to preempt the state laws that are coming and let's say think of everything and create a privacy policy that includes everything, you could say, contact us at this email and we won't sell your data anymore. Okay, California comes out, says you need to have a toll-free phone number or an email form, right? So as, you know, as much as you could anticipate these things, there's always going to be things. lawmakers can surprise like us. Who would have right? thought toll-free phone numbers? Yeah, number, who would have right? thought that toll-free phone numbers were going to be a thing again? Yeah. Uh, but California <laughs> does. Um, you know, and... I know, yeah. aren't all phone numbers toll-free now? Right? Yeah. I don't even know what toll-free is. It's actually <laughs> funny. One of our account managers, like, last week was like, what's a toll-free number? <laughs> oh, that was before your time. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's not sure. It's, yeah, it, it was. <laughs> I remember back in the '90s, you would like call someone, and if it was eight hundred, you mean it, somehow you're not paying for it or but something. It was like the landlines. Yeah, yeah. Landlines, I think yeah. with cell phones that doesn't apply anymore. But you know, you could 
you think that you can anticipate all these things, but you really can't in practice. And a lot of times technology changes. So for example, you know, you could say, oh, I'm processing this data to send you email newsletters or, or whatever. But the European Union decided to insert something about uh, automated decision making, which is making decisions via a computer without any human involvement. So let's say you're a below credit score X, you don't get a credit card, no human is involved in that decision. You know, most websites, you wouldn't even think that you have to disclose that, you know, especially if you don't do it. But, you know, some of the laws require you to disclose that because there's things that come up, there's technology that changes. Hopefully that answers your question. I don't no, know. It, does. it, it just sense. it just made me depressed. Right. Yeah. Well, it's like who knows? Maybe maybe in five years we'll have a teleportation hub address. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, crossing my maybe the world will have one giant policy that we yeah have. yeah. <laughs> who knows? Um, that means everyone has to get along. Yeah, world yeah. peace via policies. Woo <laughs> um, exactly. That's what we're working towards here at Four and Half. And Armageddon. <laughs> Let's make world peace. Um, One set of policies for all mankind. Exactly. Exactly. Um, well, yeah, this was this was amazing. Lots of information. I, I have a good idea now. I think for us, our last question is always like if there are a couple like main takeaways that you would you would make sure that somebody pulled out of this, what would those be um, for you guys? Can I go first? And then you go yeah, second. you go ahead. Cool. Um, so uh, when a website collects a name and an email address and a, and a phone number from a contact form, they are collecting personally identifiable information. That would be mine. PII. If I could have everyone today learn personally identifiable information is name, email, phone number, and uh, several other things, but those are three really good examples of personally identifiable information, I'd be happy. And that's um, when you need a privacy policy. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, it's um, more of a broad statement, uh, which is care about privacy, um, care about consumers, and, and care about what your, uh, what your customers want, because what they want is privacy. And regardless of how small or how big your business is, you're never too small to afford your users the respect that they want and the respect that they deserve. Um, and I think their, the respect to their privacy rights is, is one step closer to, to getting there. Boom, nice work. That, that's you. exactly why I went first. Because <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't follow that. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did have one follow-up question. I know you said that was the last one, but it just popped in my head. Killing you now. <laughs> um, She's got the good questions. So it just occurred to me that all the stuff we talked about today seems very scary. And obviously I don't want property managers to react and just say, well, I don't, I'll just remove forms from my website. Like oh, this yeah. is too risky. Um, right. That. Like that's an extreme, but what advice can you give property managers given that they need forms on their website to keep getting, you know, people contacting them, both, both owners and tenants. Like it's a requirement for them to get information from tenants. Um, but then they also don't want to get into trouble. So what can they do? Yeah. So I, I'm going to actually speak from my history um, <clears throat> because uh, I was in the uh, web design industry for seven years, actually. Um, don't let data privacy, um, ruin your business model to to uh, get more leads and and to facilitate 
um, <clears throat> passing off of information between tenants and prospects and yourself. Um, contact forms are beautiful because your business is not open 24-7. Um, you know, if, if someone missed you and it's 6.05 p.m. and your business is already closed, they might go somewhere else and you just missed that deal. So um, rather than just trying to pretend this data privacy stuff doesn't exist and you, you're going to remove forms, I, I can't express enough how dangerous of, a, of an idea that is. Rather, ask someone, ask four and a half, like, hey, what do you think I should do for a privacy policy? Um, because people have solutions. They exist. And, and it's, it's not that scary. Um, it's scary because it's new, but five years from now, as I said earlier, five years from now, we're going to look back at this time and be like, oh man, we were all freaking out because we had no idea what to do. It will get figured out, people. It'll get figured out. Right. And there's solutions out there that, you know, take very little time to set up, yeah. can help you just do this as something you, you get done and then you move don't have to worry life. about it. You move on and you can, you know, <clears throat> do your job and, and do the stuff that you actually want to do. Yeah. Not to mention, I think like the younger and younger generations aren't even calling people anymore. They oh, only yeah. want to submit through forms and stuff like that. Yeah, there yeah, you go. I'm, so. I'm like that. Like I like when I go to a restaurant and I can just get a screen and I just select what I order. Oh yeah, I like that too. I love well, just that. convenient too, yeah. yeah. See, I like talking to humans. I'm I love, like way more. I love talking <laughs> to humans, but I feel like I spend all day at work talking to humans. So after that, <laughs> I'm kind of like, let me talk to the computer. I actually get made fun of. My family will be like, oh, text me back. And I'm like, well, um, it's because I read it and then forget. Yep. Like, there was no call to action. I know mom. there was no CTA. There's no call to action. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I love that. Yeah. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much for mm. uh, making time for us. Yeah. Absolutely. We appreciate you guys, obviously. Um, you have a great service. We haven't mentioned that yet, but you guys offer privacy policies that people don't have to think about. Four and a half uses you guys um, for our website and for our clients' websites. So um, we're definitely fortunate to have you in our lives. It makes everything easier. So thanks so much for Absolutely. all of the education today and also just all of the help that you guys are offering to the universe because <laughs> Marie and I definitely have a better understanding of how scary this is now. Oh, thank oh, it's, you. Right. it's it's fine it's we don't mean for it to sound scary yeah. like, you know this is it's you are called yeah. termageddon yeah termageddon yeah, yeah. termageddon <laughs> on protect yourself before you wreck yourself um, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot going on and this is a space where nothing happened for like decades and, and now it's just moving now yeah. it's like everything's happening all at once um, yeah. i guess yeah. overwhelming is the more it's it's more overwhelming. I get it. Yeah. A lot of I just, I just hate giving off that vibe, but I get it. I mean, that is what's yeah. happening. So, I mean, I guess it's just truthful. I mean, so. I do have so many charts in my office. Yeah. So it looks like a serial killer works there. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day we get to do it, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, thank you guys again. Um, to our listeners, we hope that after watching or listening yeah. to this episode, you now have a better idea of what privacy is. It, it is overwhelming. Um, it is kind of scary, but you don't have to do it alone. Um, as usual, if there are topics that you want to listen about, um, let us know. Yeah, at let us know. And if you're not sure if you have a privacy policy on your website that's protecting 
protecting you. If you have a foreign half website, just contact us. If you don't, definitely contact your web developer or contact Termageddon. They should be able to help you or they will be able to help you for sure. Yeah. Um, protect yourself. That's the, the best thing I can say. Before you wreck yourself. Before you wreck yourself. <laughs>